0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yeah, yeah
1: Lennox Lewis, Lennox, I'm coming for you. Is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this in seven, I eight train seconds for this fight? I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend, and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was gonna rip his heart out, I'm the best ever I'm the most brutal of Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been There's no one can stop me, Lynch is a conqueror, no, I'm Alexander, he's no Alexander I'm the best ever, there's never been anybody's ruthless I'm Sonny Liston, I'm Jack Dempsey. there's no one like me, I'm from there, There's no one that can match me, my style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable And I'm just ferocious, I want your heart, I wanna eat his children, praise be to Allah
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Ringside Fracas. I'm your host Naeem and today i got the regulars joining me. Chris, how are you?
3: Yo.
0: How's your week been? How's the week? I'm alright man. I'm good. Um, mostly just been keeping up with the boxing news, rumours, all sorts. So
2: yeah, just been chilling really. And and we've also got Dappo joining us again, regular. How are you bro?
3: I'm doing well man. How are you?
2: Good bro. It's good to have like in the last couple of weeks now we've got regulars like do you know what i mean a like regular panel and getting that on our last episode was really good um mm-hmm. the fury Ghana and garden obviously everyone's everyone wants to talk about that but then i think in the last week it's kind of boxing's kind of simmered down a bit but it's now starting to pick up back up again especially when you're coming to the back end of the year you're starting to get the bigger fights that are coming now and we've got a, we've got an action-packed week because there's a lot of cards to get through and the previews to get through, so i'm going to go through them all one by one and there's the topics that we need to cover with them so the first card that we've got it's a bit weird it's a bit different we're not used to it is uh Shakur stevenson fighting um de los santos on the uh in las vegas but the different thing about this is usually we're used to on a saturday night this is on a thursday night because it's um top rank and espn's um way of trying to get around the F1 that's happening in Vegas at that time. So they're going to put it on, on a Thursday night. Um Shakur, obviously, if you want to know some of the um build-up to this, Shakur was meant to, he came into the lightweight division, fought Yoshino for a WBC eliminator, and everyone thought, well, the Haney fight was probably next. And um that didn't turn out well. Haney's now obviously moved up to um 140 and the WBC have made the 135 pound belt. Uh, vacant while Haney still a champion in recess. So anytime Haney wants to come back down to that division, he'll be the champion. He has to fight whoever wins this bout between Shakur and Edwin de los Santos. Shakur's um, so was
3: mean, the championship. Then
2: it's a vacant belt, so Shakur's going to be the title holder. Because I think the most thing everyone's kind of figured is like Haney, even though he's saying he'll come down, he probably won't come back down to one forty. We've seen a one one thirty-five. We've seen him what he looks like now because he's mm-hmm. moving up. He, he looks big and solid, pause, but he doesn't look like he'll come back down and make that weight cut again. So it's it's most likely that Shakur will be, he's the champion. He'll be the champion if he wins, but um, yeah, he, he'll stay as the champion. But it's not the big fight that we want with Shakur. Obviously, we want either Haney, Tank, Ryan Garcia, one of those names. But Edwin De Los Santos, one of those guys, if you don't know him, you'll think, oh, who is he? But he's hes kind of, he's one of those guys, the like underrated killer where he hasn't really done in, beaten a big name like that, but he's beaten good names where he's at that level where he could be a real banana peel to slip on if you're not on it 100%. And that's the risk Shakur takes with this. is He's fighting on a Thursday night. I don't know how many people are going to tune into this. And if he loses, it's really bad for him. Not just losing, obviously, but also the rep that he's built around himself. But what are your guys' thoughts on this fight happening and Shakur in general? Uh, I'll come to you first, Chris.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a decent step up from what we've seen him do. Um, I'd say. Um, it, it should be an entertaining fight. It's not like he's he's fighting a pushover. It's obviously not the fight we want to see. Um, with Shakur. I think we've been spoiled a little bit this year, and so we want to see him against the, you know, his rivals. We want to see this whole triangle of him. Um. Uh, what do you call it, Devin and Tank? We we really want to see them start mixing out now, um, but I don't know. I'm just hoping it's a step closer. But the thing is, there doesn't seem to be a plan to put these these fights in place at the moment. So um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get a chance to see um, Shakur's skills. Um, we're gonna see him against a, a different kind of opponent. I saw a bit of um. Los Santos's um, last fight. He, he he seems quite tough. He seems quite game. He um, doesn't seem like he would be the type to be intimidated by by Shakur Stevenson. But um, we'll obviously want know until we get in the ring. From a casual perspective, I don't really think it does mu- it does much for his commercial value. Um, I I wouldn't say Los Santos is a big name. Um, I feel like he'd have to get some sort of show real knockout or like a highlight performance in order to kind of give himself leverage um in making you know the, the super fights that we want to see him in
2: yeah it's like what he did against Yoshino again Yoshino same thing where not big name decent lightweight and he just had to do what he did where he just completely dominated him put mm-hmm. him down and then it was just it was just all one-way traffic like a lot of his recent fights have been it's just all one-way traffic with him um Dapper, what do you think about this fight and Shakur as
3: well? Yeah, I echo a lot of what Chris has just said. Um, I do believe for this to garner any um, momentum for Shakur, he has to show out and potentially have sort of a a highlight real performance. I do believe Shakur has probably beat better fighters than um, De Los Santos previously. So I'm not expecting to go into this and... um, you know, if but loses, it's definitely an upset, right? Um, so I'm not expecting Shakur to, to to lose or anything like that. Um, and it's a pretty um, unknown from a casual perspective, an, an unknown fighter that he's fighting. Um, also, it doesn't happen on a Thursday. Um, I, I don't think it's going to garner as much attention as obviously Shakur might be used to or what he would what he would like. So yeah, I'm expecting a pretty standard. Shakur' performance, with hopes of him, um, you know, being able to show out and have a highlight performance. You know, um, his the trajectory of his career in this weight loss isn't been going how we ideally wanted it to go. Because um, I remember earlier on the pod we had like really high expectations and hopes for for Shakur, Shakur joining the rest of the of the guys at 135. So it's not, I guess, not going exactly how I wanted to go. Um, I don't think one point five in general is going exactly how I wanted to go. Um, people are moving up, and like Chris, and like Chris said, like I don't really see a plan there. You know, I don't really see anyone, any, any concrete talks about everyone mixing it up. People are moving up. You know, I don't see haney coming back down. Um, if still the, the way he struggled the last two times he fought, I like. Uh, At lightweight, I don't see him dropping back down, especially if he's successful against Regis. I don't see it happening. Um, So I feel like, as fans, the next opportunity we're going to get to see these guys fight is probably at the weight weight class above, hopefully. Um, But then again, will will Tank go up to that weight class and fight? Who who knows? Um, But I would prefer to obviously see these guys mix it up. But yeah, it's just unfortunate that we're not. We're not
2: definitely really there yet. I, I can see the the plan from top rank with Shakur. It's like get him this vacant WBC belt, and now he's in the like when you hold a belt, you hold a card in that division. So either if Haney wants to stay as undisputed, he's going to come back down and actually fight, Shakur. Um, Any other else, you know, like Tank, um, Ryan got or well, Ryan I'll say if he wants to do it, but whatever. Um, anyone what else? Make,
3: what would make Haney want to stay at that weight class fight again?
2: I think I think spirit,
3: money, 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 money. Do yeah. you not think there are bigger fights away? He is now. In Chicago.
2: Yeah, Tia Tia, Yeah, that, I'll that,
3: yeah. chase that rather than gunfight Stevenson personally.
2: Yeah, that, but that's that's the plan with top Rank. It's Give him the get him the belt, and then when he has the belt, he can then have some negotiating power in the division, where someone like Lomachenko, Cambosos, if they want to have a chance of fighting for a title then they've got to go and see the rather than one guy in Devin Haney, who top rank don't have any control over, um, holding all of it. Now they've got one guy in Shakur that they have control and he can hold the belt and they can get him the fights that he needs. I feel like if he gets through this fight, which I expect him to do, we're going to see him in a fight against either Kambosos or Lomachenko in next year. And I think that, that is the fight that's going to push Shakur's like status a bit higher than where it is right now. So now all he's doing is just fighting these guys that he needs to, that he has to, because there's no one else that's going to go out and fight him. Because if you're being real, with Shakur, his actual commercial value still isn't that high. like Comparatively, Mm. it's not that high to take a risk like that. And if you look at the way he's beaten his opponents, they've all looked bad. Like he's not had in his last four, five fights that I can remember, the opponents didn't look good at all like they didn't they couldn't pop a showing they couldn't like you couldn't even give them credit for showing up because they got completely outclassed so it's one of those cases where you don't get enough money for it and then you also look very bad losing to him mm-hmm. so that's why getting him this belt will be the first step to getting him um into a situation where he's going to get this big fast and also he's doing something that the other crop hasn't done he'll be a three-weight world champion if he wins unified at 130 obviously wbo at 126 and now wbc at 135 so now he's a multi-weight world champion you can also use that aspect of keep pushing him so it, it's a smart move on their part because you control all the cards and then you're slowly building shakur up he's got time to build up it's not like he's got anywhere to go like he's not he's still young he's still fresh um, and you can build him into the star so that when you do um have these bigger fights against Haney, Tank, Tio, whatever, Shakur can then have more leverage in those fights because right now if Shakur fights and for being honest against Tank against Haney against Tio he, he comes off worse in terms of money and value mm. so if you want to build him up this is the best way to do it is get him having a year where he beats a guy like De Los Santos the next year um he beats like a Lomachenko and a Cambosos and that will elevate his profile biggest profile because remember as well he's never been on pay-per-view as well and some of these guys have so he's going to struggle in that aspect trying to negotiate these fights so this is the way it seems like but i do agree with the fact that it doesn't seem like there's a plan to make all of them fight because before when we were looking at the lightweight division we were like well how many sick fights do we have you know with the stacked roster but now it seems like everyone's finding a way to avoid the other like you're seeing Tio move. Okay, Tio moved up. He fought Taylor. Fair enough. Haney's now moved up. He's fighting Progre. We're hoping that Haney and Tio are going to fight each other at 140. That looks like that should be the plan. And then Ryan Garcia is now at 140. So that should be the plan there. Then you've also got Shakur, Javonta Davis, William Zepeda, um, Frank Martin. So you have got all these guys that can fight each other. It just, those fights are materialized. Remember we, we, the Frank Martin pulled out of the, the purse bids with Shakur mm. to build up this fight. And that's why De Los Santos was the one that stepped in. So it you're right. It doesn't seem like there's a plan, but next year we're going to have to see how they accelerate all of these guys' careers because Tank has to, Tank is coming back. How is he going to, you know, what's the first fight that he's going to take when he comes back from prison? Um, you know, Haney's going to fight Progre, whatever happens that in December afterwards, what's the plan? Tiafimo needs a fight um ryan garcia's fighting in december so if he gets to that hopefully with these guys like we see an acceleration towards the big mega fights and they kind of see that the mega fights are the things that help not only help their career but help them financially and help them legacy-wise because if you beat those guys you see how when uh, teofimo beat taylor and lomachenko look how much it's elevated his career a lot of people don't respect him as a person fair enough but as his boxing career you can Really he's he's legitimized himself because he's a two division champion with especially with the ring belt. He beat the number one guy in both um weight classes. So you you'd expect these other guys to follow suit, take on the tougher opponents, take on the tough fights, the best guys, and then you legitimise your own legacy. Yeah, so, well, like, I
3: you, man. Theo's cold, bruv. I rate you.
2: Yeah. you. He just needs to stop being stupid, but yeah. Like that guy's the mentor nutcase, man, but that guy can fight. And you well, know the card is actually quite
3: these sick. Have nothing wrong with them, man. All of them, bro. There's I no think, norm I
2: mean, to fire to be successful. You have to be crazy.
3: You have to That's something possible. has to be weird
2: up there. Something. Yeah, man. Yeah, this uh, this event is quite sick, and it's on a Thursday night because on the undercard, you've got Navarrete versus Conceição. Navarrete Navaretti defending his WBO super featherweight title. This Navretti is like his he's had a sick year because deep year he, in um January, I think it was, he fought Liam Wilson. And that was his first, no, in February, sorry. And that was his first bout for the vacant WBO belt. He beat Liam Wilson, knocked him out. Then in August, he fought Oscar Valdez, beat the living daylights out of Oscar Valdez over 12 rounds and defended his belt. And now in November, he's fighting Robson Concey Um for the third time in this year. So he's fighting for the third time. And those last two names are Shakur's best wins. Valdez and Conceicao. some of Shakur's best wins, and he's taken them out. And there's rumors going around that maybe top rank might try to push Navarrete versus Shakur, which I don't mind. I think that would be a great fight as well. I think Navarrete is an underrated fighter. It's just he doesn't get the credit he gets from internationally because that guy's a three-division world champion. He's 38-1. and one. He's beaten Oscar Valdez. He's he's going to fight um, Concei Sao. He's beaten Joe Gonzalez, beat Christopher Diaz. Like, he he's a legit problem and if he goes up and fights Shakur that's a good fight we, we could hope to see so it's a good card to um to, if you if you do stay up on Thursday night and it's gonna be quite difficult especially if you've got work the next day but it's a good card and also you've got guys like Abdullah Mason young 18 year old 10 and 0 like probably the next one up also got Emiliano Vargas next one up Floyd Diaz Troy Eiley so it's a great card on a, on a Thursday night like Great fights, some great fights to watch out for. So if you do stay up, you know what to look out for. And then we move over to, back to our side of the pond where we actually have fights on a Saturday because we don't have the F1 on. So I'll go into the first one. So in Wolves, we've got Adam Azim taking on the European champion, um, Frank Petizan. So Adam Azim had that fight against, uh, it was on the, I think it was on the, uh, what's his name? Um, Eubank Jr. Smith undercard against, uh, I, forgot, I forgot the fella's name, uh, that's it, Aaron Fanyan. And he left, he, he won the fight, but it was a quite a bit of a competitive fight. Now he's yeah. taking on John, and Petty John's the European title holder, which on paper you'd think, okay, well, Adam Azim's probably stepping up, like in terms of, because he's fighting a guy, the European champion. But realistically, this is uh, Petty John got the title in a way that he's not better than Fanyan. So this is like a sidestep if that makes sense. It's like a lateral step rather than him moving up. But still, for Adam Azim and the way he's been touted and the way they've built him up as a prospect, this is a good thing to do because you need titles. Titles are what make a boxer really known. Like If a guy has a British title, English title, European title, before the world title, you can kind of, as a casual fan, push that to them. Now, look, they're the European champion, so they're destined to become world champion, if that makes sense, especially when i are trying to push him towards that status. Um, and if and there's a lot of fights on the yeah at 140 for Adam Azim. Like I said, you know, we're talking about the top end. He's kind of at the domestic level end, but if he gets there, big fights for him. What do you guys think of Adam Azim and this fight itself? I'll come to you, Dapper first.
3: Yeah, um, like you said, I don't know too much about uh, Petit Jean, but I know that um, it isn't a big step up, as it would sound on paper. Um, but it's definitely a good route to take for him to capture. um a U- European title, right? That's um, on the line. Um, and it would be good for him to show up in this fight as well, because his last um, performance um, has raised some eyebrows, right? Um, so hopefully this is an opportunity to kind of raise his stocks a bit because I know a lot of people have some stocks in the museum and he's he's a British fighter, so this is this is this is one of our, but you know potential world champions that we have in our hands. So hopefully this is a fight that you know um, could raise his stocks a bit um, and he can, he can capture that that European title as well. I feel like he's he's kind of doing it the right way if that makes sense, conquer European level and then move up from there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solid fight. I expect him to win. Um, I expect him to stop Frank because I think Frank's lost that like, WhatsApp six times. Yeah, I expect, I expect him to to win um, and win convincingly and to potentially stop him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it should be a good fight.
2: Chris, what are your thoughts on Adam Zim?
3: Um, I
0: quite like Adam Zim. Um, I think he's a he's a he's a sound fighter. A very good fundamentals. Um, seems to do the basics, the basics quite well. Um, I actually spoke to one of his sparring partners, and he said he's been looking alright in training. Um, but obviously, like like Dapo said, in his last bout, um, he looked vulnerable. Um, we see him; we've seen him get caught by shots, which I don't really think he should be getting caught with. But my issue with my issue with that fight was it made him seem a bit chinny. And one thing you don't want is, especially this early in your career, is for potential opponents to think you haven't got a chin or to not really respect your defensive capabilities because it just means that people will just be looking for that one shot to to kind of take you out. It reminds me of when um, Khan got stopped by um, Lamont, Lamont Peterson after uh, that, you could bring Prescott. I'm um, sorry, Prescott first. Sorry, um, when he got when he got when he got stopped by Prescott. After that, it just seemed to be the case where everyone was always looking for that shot to to catch him with. Everyone always found themselves, um, even when the, even, even though he was he was a really good boxer. Of course, Amir Khan was a seriously talented boxer, but people always found themselves still in the fight, no matter how late it got into. About And that's the kind of thing you need to really, really fight against. So he needs to, first of all, show that he's um, defensively quite sound. And then he's also got to show his opponent that he's, he does pack a punch. He has got power. He has got the ability to push him back. I've not seen um Petit Jean, Um I've not actually watched him fight. But the fact that he's been stopped so many times. He's only um, been stopped once. Oh sorry, the fight has been he's been beat so many times. Um how many how many fights has he had altogether? Twenty-four and six and three. So that's it's not a great re- It's not a great record, if we're no. being honest. Um, and someone of Adam Azim's potential and talent should be able to dispatch at least a win comfortably. That's my thing. He he hasn't got a he hasn't got to stop him. Um like you said, he's only been stopped once. Um but he does need to look commanding he does need to impose himself on his opponent and he has to be aware of the fact that other fighters in the division are going to be looking at that fight to kind of assess where he's at how confident he is his strengths and his weaknesses and i think it's it's a it's a great opportunity now before he steps up to show people like look yeah i do have power you do have to respect my power. You can't just walk in on me. Um, I can take a punch. Like that that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? You need to kind of just start, you need to stamp his foot down. But I wish him all the best. Hopefully he does He does come through with a win and, and it's
2: comfortable. So, Yeah. Um, to your point, yeah, I, with Petijan, I'll, I'll be real, I don't think he's better than on So he, I don't even think it's a step up. It's either a step You know, lateral step 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 down. Yeah. Mm. Side step was a step down because I think Fanyan was tougher than him. But on paper, this is a good fight for Azim because within your 10th fight, you're going to get the European belt if you win. So that's always a good thing. And it's easier to sell. Like I said, a belt is easy to sell to casual fans because Mm. they don't understand the kind of mechanics of boxing, nor do they want to. So if you sell the fact that he's the European champion, they'll have some stock in him thinking, well... He's done enough to beat everyone in Europe in their heads, so like he must be good. And you're right. I think he's got to show out in this performance because I feel like they've, done, they've 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 he's been engineered um, in a situation where he's fighting a lower level opponent but for a higher level prize. Mm. If he shows out really well here, it does it, it gives him the opportunity to build some confidence in himself and also like um, Dapo was saying, build some momentum and push forward with his career and you can tell boxer really right are riding on him like he's look he's headlining this event um in wolves they really think that he can be a big star i think he's got that potential in terms of like he he can sell a fight and he can his his personality his marketability is is there it's just the performance now because his last two fights have gone to a decision and while they've been tough opponents don't get me wrong they're tough opponents. so it's hard to get finishes that one of the things that he does they're going to try to sell him on is the finishes and he's going to have to provide that from time to time a highlight real knocker. and i feel like here's the perfect opportunity for him to get one of those shots but he can't do what he was doing as Fanyan, where a lot of the times you could tell he was loading up for that one shot and he's expecting it to come mm-hmm. rather than flowing and then it comes naturally of course. um but i think if he does it here where fights his fight and then you'll just see the knockout will just be there then he'll be perfect And I mean like you said take away that doubt that people have in their minds and that's what this performance is for so hopefully he does come through because if we're being real with British boxing there's not a lot of guys we're looking at right now that we're thinking wow you could you could be something in in the sport just in in the general sport so he's one of them Ben Wicker obviously is another one but he's another issue that we could, we'll discuss later because we'll, when that when his fight comes around. Um, there's not, yeah, there's not a lot of prospects out there right now for Britain to look mm. forward to that much. So we need to we hope that he can come through.
3: No, nah, no, we've got Campbell hatton man.
2: Yeah, safe man. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Moses Itivo, I guess. Yeah, that's that's he's true. But the thing with Moses is I don't want him to do the Daniel Dubois route where they gas him so much where and they give him all these kind of cans, and then they step him up to a level because he's been gassed so hard and he's asking for it. Was um, that he is like Daniel Dubois? He goes up to fight a Joyce where he's not fought anyone near that level yet, gets mm. beat, and then all his confidence is gone. Again, moves up the level again, jumps the queue, and fights Usyk, gets destroyed, and then loses that confidence. I'd rather him go through that. Yeah. Way. In, in
3: hindsight, world he managed very interestingly, like because I do. he lost. Yeah, I remember his conversation so vividly. Before he lost, I remember I had a friend. Who would message me and say this Gibois guy will mash up AJ? He always used to say it like this was the next guy. So the way his career is just kind of, you know, dwindled since fighting Joyce. It's been really, really interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah. He didn't get an opportunity to find these weaknesses and then amend them for his next fights.
3: I I definitely I feel like Frank Warren felt like he had another AJ or something. I don't feel like everyone can go
0: that route, that yeah, means. he tried. He tried the AJ route. He tried the AJ route yeah. because if he had, I mean, if he uh, had come through and he'd beaten Joe Joyce, it would have been a star. He would have been. He would have been a star.
3: Yeah.
0: And if he'd beat know. Usyk, which obviously let's be let's be honest, that that the was never going to happen. Only God knows where that takes him. Do you know what I
2: mean? Yeah. Um, I see parallels in their careers because they were they're both eighteen-year-olds who everyone was raving about. But then they both turned to go pro rather than go to the senior amateurs. And I feel like that's that parallel is gonna be there for a lot because senior amateurs is where you're gonna get your experience. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted Dubois and Moses to take that route and do it for at least like two or three years. Because you've got guys like Amir Khan who don't need who who went to the Olympics at 17. So they already went down the senior route much quicker than they did. And he's a star because 17 went to the Olympics, got a silver medal. So he didn't need to do much else. Mm. But you haven't got that experience of fighting the top guys in the amateur scene. And you're allowed to lose in the amateur scene, if we're being honest, because that's where you're perfecting your craft. And that's where you're Mm. finding what levels look like. You should
3: be losing losing there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so you're going to come into the pros and yeah, you're going to be given these cans because they want you to build yourself to get used to the camps fighting and um, the rounds and everything. But that experience of when a higher or a higher level guy comes in, it's going to be a real shock to the system, like it was to Daniel Dubois when he fought um, Joe Joyce. Like he, and then the same thing with Usyk, he with the Usyk fight, there was a certain point I thought he just didn't know what to do. And he, as soon as that ninth round came, he just I feel came like you're
3: in there with him, man. I can't lie outside yeah. of the body shot or whatever, it, it, it was night and day, man.
2: Yeah so i don't want that for a tumor i want him to like build his experience properly there's so many guys at the domestic level he could like fight and he could do a job on like i think by the end of next year he could definitely fight david adelaide definitely fight him he, no he could definitely fight david adelaide like no i just forgot when i guy. i'm just remembering his last name yeah sticking his tongue out his fight getting knocked down but yeah <laughs> yeah so that's what i hope but on, on the topic of Adam Azeem and Frank Peter it's a decent card as well. You've got Matteo Signani fighting uh, Tyler Denny for the European title. There's a guy on there that I wanted to talk about, especially you, Daphne. I want to talk about it he's your guy. Richard Reactpool. This is yeah. an interesting situation. So if you don't, if you guys don't know what happened with Riaqpour, Reak- I think this was in the summer. He was scheduled for a purse bid against Jaya Pata for the IBF World title mastenek pulls out of it because boxer telling him you'll pull out of the world you know we'll give you the bill and fight we want this ibf world title." and then eddie Hearn comes in signs up jaya pataya before these purse bids and then now and then on the day of the purse bids, React pulls out pulls a statement saying i'm going to be back you're going to he- be hearing very soon from me with the uh, other world title with world title news and opportunities and then I think it was like two weeks ago or a week ago, it's announced that he's fighting Dylan Breguion. And if you don't know Dylan is, he's a French cruiser. He's the former French cruiserweight champion. He fought Isaac Chamberlain this summer as a tune-up and lost completely. So this is obviously another tune-up for Reactor. Hmm. What's happened? I mean, the guy was meant to have world title shots, and now he's fighting journeyman for tune-ups. Well, what's going on?
3: Listen, Too much modeling, man. Ever since he linked up
2: with Madonna, I don't know what's
3: yeah. going on, bro.
0: It's the modelling. It's the modelling.
3: I don't know, man. Hey. Hey.
2: I don't know. It's just frustrating because it's like...
3: It's odd. It's really odd. And this is not the trajectory we saw his career going on, like going through. And it's disappointing as well because, like, you're, you're, you're actually in a decent position to, to really propel your career. Like, there's some really good fights out there for him. So this tune-up business is just—it's weird. And obviously, like before, we had—we we, we wanted to see him versus um, Akoli. That was that was to be a big fight, but obviously now Akoli's lost. You know, it changes the, the dynamics of the—you know—world title scene, world title scene a little bit. But he's got opportunities there. Like he could—he could fight Billum Smith, like you said, or he could try and fight Giant. Um, um, but I, I don't—I don't know. I don't know.
2: It just—it just seems like, like that whole thing, that whole scuffle with O'Curley now just seems rubbed, like just useless. And useless. Does nothing for the fight.
3: Yeah. It was super pointless. And the thing is, as well, I'm kind of worried because it—it—it it, it looks like he's chosen to. It, it looks like a duck from up it, Yeah, I can't yeah. Like, coming off his last couple performances, like. Pattaya looks dangerous, man. He looks really dangerous. So, yeah. doesn't look not a good look.
2: It is a duck because you have a world title opportunity right in front of you. You turn that down, saying you're going to get another world title shot, but then you're fighting for the tune-up. Now you're fighting a tune-up, and then you're saying, "Oh, I'll be." It's because in 2024, I'm going to have a shot at Chris Williams Smith. It's definitely. So you duck. had the title shot in your hands. Why? Why would that's a duck? It's a duck. Yeah. So that's that's just um, frustrating about him. Is. He had the world title shot and he's choosing to not take it so he can fight for the world title next year. He doesn't have any injuries that we know of. Like there's no injury, or anything like that. He fought in January. I thought he was gonna have a good year this year because he fought and he beat Glowaki. He beat, you know, a former world champion, um Akoli's best win, and he knocked him out as well. And then he didn't build on that. And he he's just regressed so much in terms of opponents, and now he's waiting for Chris Billiam Smith which again that situation is complicated because a uh, react is the mandatory for Chris Billiam Smith's WBO belt. but a has the rematch clause so who who knows how that like what's going to happen if Chris Billiam Smith gets to uh, masterneck what's like what's going to happen between them and how that fight's going to go so in terms of who's going to come first a or react and i don't agree with this where okay fair enough you turned down a Pattaya. if you took on a in December time, I would have, I wouldn't have said nothing. Well, yeah, fair enough. That's a good fight, good domestic level fight to watch. But I don't know, man. He, he just doesn't. He doesn't give a. He doesn't. He. I knew he was the. He was. He was also one of the guys that boxers were looking at to make their face. It's not, it's not looking good for them, man, and especially like this, being on the undercard of Adam Azim fight in Wolves just as a tune up. And what everyone's now saying, obviously, because of what you did, is just, just it's like it's just frustrating to see from boxing in general, especially from boxer's side. When you when you've seen what they've done, especially with Fraser Clark, etc., and Akoli and all of that, it's just just frustrating.
3: Oh, good look. And the thing is, uh, Riakpo was garnering a bit of buzz. He's lost <laughs> yeah. kind of fights, so it's a shame. It's a shame.
2: He's killed it. it. It's very it's hard to build momentum with your career, but you do that through your performances. But it's very easy to kill it. Very easy to kill it. And that's what he did. He's killed a lot of the momentum. A lot of people won't care if he fights Chris Billam-Smith because, firstly, he's beating Chris Billam-Smith already. And, secondly, you had the fight with Opataya. We've seen how Alpattaya, how good Opataya looks. It would have been a perfect opportunity for you to step in there. But he just mm. didn't. Chris, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Reactor?
0: He's a model now, man. He's a model. <laughs> um It's a shame because um i actually liked react poor um i like his whole story i used to i used to follow him when he was a when he was a rapper and then converting over to being a um a boxer and when he speaks and with his previous actions it always seemed like there was a bit of tenacity there like he um he was serious about fighting the best and he believed he was one of the best but what we've seen, obviously, is a textbook duck um, of of, of Jay Like there's no two ways around it. There's no beating around the bush. Um they didn't even try and make it somewhat convincing. Do you know what I mean? If they yeah. said injury, if they said whatever they'd said, but he literally just said they were gonna find new avenues to or, or another opportunity to. Have a, a title fight in the future, which makes no sense. Which makes no sense. Um, he could have gone the honest route and said he didn't feel he was ready. Um, he he needed a tune-up, whatnot. I don't know. Um, but it it just looks bad. It just looks bad. I didn't think he won the fight anyway, even at his best. But um, yeah, it's 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 a bit disheartening to see that in in such a let's be honest a poor division um where we're still getting people not wanting to fight each other and um I don't know I don't know I don't know where this leaves that division I I have no interest in in seeing this fight at all whatsoever um it doesn't really show anything um someone who um was what he was beaten by what's his face wasn't he chamberlain in the yeah, the how long ago was
2: that fight? In the summer, it was uh, oh, yeah, it was, it, it's it's what's his name? It's his, it was uh, the guy is fighting Breguion. It it's Bregion's last fight, I think. It's just think
3: just been like the English Championship or something, or like yeah. Europe or something. Chamberlain, like he's still fighting like, at that, that, that domestic level,
2: but he, it, Chamberlain's fought a better opponent in uh, Mikel Loire at least, like it's yeah. not. Chamberlain used Bregion yeah. as the step to... Because obviously Lowell. the Chamberlain-Lawal fight was marred in injuries and everything. It was meant to happen a lot, like quite a while ago. And mm. it only been recently because of the injuries and stuff. So obviously Chamberlain has had a tune-up in between with Bregion. So Chamberlain used this guy as a tune-up and now React was also using him as a tune-up. But at least with Chamberlain it makes sense because you had a fight that was scheduled and that's been you know delayed because of injuries. There's nothing you can do about it. You need to stay active. There's nothing mm. we react for. He just went from January to November fighting nobody. And now he just needs a tune-up for some reason. Like, it's just,
0: it's just I bad. think, yeah, I, I think Skelete is just trying to navigate his way to Willem um, Smith because and Smith is obviously very, very beatable. Mm. Um, maybe give himself leverage and then take a big fight and take the the big risk against Opetaya. For uh, yeah. unification. Uh and yeah, I mean that that would that would be it essentially. Um it just goes to show he doesn't really have much confidence in in um his ability to to fight him right now. From a financial perspective, I understand, but w- regardless of whether it's financial or not, a, a duck is a duck at the end of the day. We've seen the same thing. We we called out the same thing with Tyson Fury. Um, it's it's essentially all the same thing. Yeah. Uh,
2: the The funniest thing is he he might be waiting for Chris and Smith, but Smith is fighting um, Masterneck. Masterneck's actually quite like experienced and decent, and he has the opportunity here now in December. He beats Bill and Smith. It throws a lot of boxers' plans in the mud for what what's going to happen next year. So you can wait for hmm. him. Some guy can just take your thunder, and then that's it. And it doesn't look as yeah. exciting as it was before so yeah and also we always get on to boazi about his age react post 33 and he hasn't fought for a world title yet like like he's not young for mm. cruiserweight fair enough you don't have to be that young obviously like but still like he's been fighting for so long he's had like i think 16 bouts still hasn't fought for a world title and Obviously, what he'd done this year was even worse, considering the fact that he beat Willem Smith and he's beaten Tommy McCarthy when he did, which was such a big thing. And then he took that gap in his career for like, what well, was it, two years? And then Boxer made him come back. He had this run. And then again, now he's just doing that thing where not really progressing with his career when he's on the cusp of a world title shot. Just mm. frustrating to see. But speaking of guys that aren't frustrating to see, then we've also got on the other side of uh, the UK, Frank Warren put on a big, spectacular card. And in terms of big, I mean, the fights are quite good. All of these fights on this card are quite good. But the fight we're going to focus on for now is friend of the show, Denzel Bentley, defending his uh, British title against Nathan Heaney. Um, I mean, what can I say about Denzel that I haven't already said? Like, the guy has been active, the guy does not care about, like, in terms of, Marinating fights, doing this, doing that. He just wants to fight. He doesn't care about who it is. He just wants to be. If you look, if you look at his last four fights, he's fought Linus Adofia, Marcus Morrison, Janibek, Kieran Smith, and now he's going to fight um, Nathan Heaney, and that's all within 2022 and 2023. So, within two years, having five fights like that, where he's taken on tough, tough opponents, you have got to give up to Denzel Bentley. Like he's really working his ass off in his career. and Nathan Heaney, if you guys don't know him, he's got that, you know, that Stoke hooligan fan base, that Stoke football mm. fan behind him. He's actually got a decent fan base that I think they'll, they'll definitely turn up to that fight. And But I don't think level-wise, I don't think Nathan Heaney's near Bentley. I think Bentley's much better and he's he's fought tough opposition at domestic level better than Heaney. So I expect Bentley to win this fight. And I feel like if he gets a good knockout here, th- this will do wonders for his career where I think uh, Frank will probably push him to have a world level middleweight fight, or maybe even try to push him towards a title fight. But uh, There's a lot on the stake for Bentley here, but I feel I feel like this, obviously he's faced Janibek, he's faced Linus Adofi, he's faced Marcus Morrison. So there's not something where he's out of his like he's he's fighting a point that's very you know um, m- much better than what he's already fought. But he's also he's fighting another unbeaten... he's fighting an unbeaten contender, and if he wins here, we'll do, do real well especially for his um profile what do you think of this fight chris between bentley and heaney
0: i like bentley man um i think he's always he always turns up um i haven't seen much of him he- of, of heaney um i saw a little um a little trailer montage for the two of them um the other day and um, i don't know i don't really see anything I, what, what, I don't i don't really know what his particular strengths are um, Bentley to me has always been sound. He's always been game. He's always been tough. Um, he's had a lot of good fights, and I think he's seen a wide, like a wide range of different fighters. Um, I don't know. Um, I f- for me personally, I think I think Bentley probably gets a com- for me gets a comfy UD from what I've seen. I'm not sure what Heaney offers. That is really much of a threat to Denzel Bentley, in my personal opinion, in my personal opinion, anyway.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, with Heaney, I think it's more he's one of those guys, you know how they have that fan base, they can sell tickets, mm. so you've got that marketability about him. But in terms of ceiling, he probably doesn't get anywhere beyond domestic. But with where yeah. are they, f- see- f- hmm? where they find... Uh, but, uh, Manchester Arena.
3: Okay.
2: So them, so them, Stoke Man are gonna be out there.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, they'll be there for sure. There for It'll sell a lot of tickets. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, it's perfect for Bentley because it's one of those fights where you're not getting the big fights and the names. Of, his division's quite dead, if we're being honest. Like middleweight in terms of names and what's going on, there's quite dead. But the big fight for Bentley is obviously Hamza Shiraz. He's not getting that fight, but he needs good in terms of he can sell. If he sells tickets for you and he's not really a step up in terms of what you've seen, then it's a good opportunity for you, especially if you knock him out. You can turn some of his fans into your supporters and you can also mm. take some of the momentum that he's built through his career. But he mm. doesn't hit hard. He's like, I think He's got like six knockouts out of 17, so he's not really a hard puncher. And Denzel's coming off a first-round knockout against uh, Kieran Smith. I mean, that knockout he did against Kieran was insane. Like, mm. I didn't expect him to hit him that hard where it was literally a one-punch knockout, but that's all it needed. And him stopping Marcus Morrison also helps the fact that he's been in these domestic level bouts and he's really finding himself in these fights. Like, he's really coming through. So it's like, it would be interesting to see how he performs uh, this Saturday. But I do expect it to show out again. Dapa, what do you think about Bentley and Linhini?
3: Yeah, I-, I echo you guys. Um, I really do hope um, and wish he you- for, uh, the best for um, Bentley because he's a friend of the show. And I like I like boxers like that. That just obviously it might not be the best from a managerial perspective, but I like the fact that he he's he's experienced now. He's experienced loss. He's been in there with the best to offer in that division. Um, he's lost a domestic a big domestic scuffle with um, Felix Cash. You no, know, he he's had the downs of boxing and and he's he's won as well. So I I like those kind of fighters. Um, and, yeah, I hope this propels him to do bigger things in in, in the sport uh, because, like I, like you guys have said, we're not really expecting much from Nathan Heaney. Um, and I do hope he gets a show-up performance against him and can build from there because I do want to see him in big fights again. I want to see him run it back. He's not, he's not scared of no one. That's, he's not scared of anyone, win, lose, or draw. So, yeah.
2: And the thing about the Felix Cash fight, since then, he's done more than the winner Felix Cash. Like, Felix really hasn't done much with his career since beating uh Bentley. Bentley went and got his title back and then he went and fought for a world title, which much. is crazy
3: because Bentley's probably getting better. So, if they fought again, who knows?
2: Mm. Yes, that could be there for him, um, as well. But I feel like for Bentley, it's like once you beat this guy, it's enough with the domestics time to like try to go for a world level. Well, even if you don't get a title shot, go for one of the big. World level names because if a guy like Vincenzo, I, I don't know how to say his name, but Gautieri, the guy that Janibek fought for the unification, if he can get a world title in this middleweight division, 100% someone like Bentley can definitely get a world title in this division. Like, if, especially like if guys like that can get titles, then you can, but he needs to have those well, world. How weak the middleweight
3: division is. It's so interesting how weak middleweight is because you'd think middleweight would be like the most stacked division in the sport.
2: Yeah crazy no but then you've got like guys like charlo fighting in two weeks against jose benavidez but he's his belt isn't on the line which doesn't make sense even though he's not fought for two years ridiculous so you've got stuff like that going on then you've Easy. also got lara he's the champion the wba champion but no one knows when his next fight is Erislandi, Lara. no one knows when he's fighting next like it's the stuff like that but if it becomes vacant you can easily see someone like denzel but he's slotting themselves in there if they get the right fights on the rankings get them to push themselves towards a title shot so there's a lot on the line for bentley because i feel like he can go and fight those world level uh fights and i think he should he should at least try and go for those fights it's also a good event if so if you're i mean there's a lot clashing going on so obviously you've got the adam azim and boxer card going on this card by frank warren is actually quite a good card it's headlined by nick ball and isaac dogbay i mean nick ball the guy's a you know little tank monster puncher, <laughs> but that guy hits so hard, and I feel like this is the perfect fight for him at featherweight to show if his if his power really does translate to the, to to the higher levels of that um, division.
3: Yeah, I know. I remember that guy. He he fought on the um the Fury White Card, didn't he?
2: he beat a Fury's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Long Fury's cousin, Isaac Lowe, Yeah, I love it so he's headlining that card and he's he, he's one to watch out for because 11 knockouts 18 in 18 fights unfortunately in his last fight he had the guy um was taken to hospital that I mean that's how hard he hits um I also thought it was because of his his corner as well not pulling him down he's had one two three four fights he's on a one five fight knockout streak so he's obviously gonna want to no. keep that going um dog Bay is probably as tough as they come his only three losses have come to world champions two of them come to navarre who i've mentioned and the other one to robisi ramirez so Dogbe only loses to elite competition and he really makes it tough for them to win so it's a really good uh, main event to watch for you've also got echo esselman fighting harry scarf he's defending the british title the commonwealth title and the european european title so watch out for echo Nathaniel Collins he's a really good fighter good puncher um he's going to come through especially i think at featherweight as well from uh the uh domestic scene you've also got Solomon uh Solomon Dacres, heavyweight that moved from recently moved from uh, a room to uh, Queensbury so he's making his debut uh, Queensbury debut on there you've also got Liam Davis defending his european super bantamweight title on there so that's going to be good that's a, like it's it's one of those cards where domestically stacked like you've, got re- you've got really good fights, good good names on there that are going to um, try to show up. So it should that should be a good card to watch. So I'm going to try to have both on at the same time so I can watch it. That's going to be interesting to see. Mm. Yeah, the, that's it in terms of the previews for the fights. Three fights cards to look at. There's also another fight, uh, Matchroom, we're doing with Diego Pacheco. You guys heard of Diego Pacheco? Super middleweight on Matchroom. No. Mm-hmm. Young guy. He knocked out Jack Cullen, um, who holds the British title now. Uh, when he knock okay. him out.
0: Okay, okay. How's he looking? How does he, look? he look as a fighter? Is
2: he... he's, he's 22 years old. and He's 19 and 0, 16 knockouts, and his last fights I've been seeing like, he's like he's one of those guys. He's young, but he's building towards. Like he he looks good. He looks the goods, and his next fight against. Uh, He's fighting, you know, Marcelo Esteban is the guy that um, that gave Billy Joe Saunders a tough time on the Logan Paul undercard. I remember
3: that, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And then he also he beat Belanga, but then they gave Belanga the win on the Fury Wilder undercard. Yeah. So he, that's a good step up for Pacheco, and he's 22 years old. So at super middleweight, they're looking at him as um, the next guy to step up. And, yeah, mm-hmm. so he, he's one to watch out for as well in the, in the night. It's, it's a, like I said, it, it, it slowed down, but we're starting to pick back up with boxing again you know, so as we come to the next, um, the end of the year because next week we're gonna have to talk about um preview uh Benavidez Andrade. I mean, that's such what a fight that's going to be. What
0: weekend is that? Is that when's it's the fight like, date? I'll be the 25th. 25th, January. okay.
2: And then December 2nd, O'Hara Davis making his uh, is it? Is it? In, I think it's interim. He's going for the interim title against uh, Barroso on the Ryan Garcia undercard. And then December 9th, you've also got Haney Progre. So starting to... You, we're getting now big fights. Coming. Yeah, we're picking yeah. up. Yeah. So there's a lot to watch out for. So keep tuned because we're going to preview everything and talk about everything. Also react to everything that's happening. Um, please give us five stars on Spotify if you're listening and our podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next week for the next stream. See ya. Peace. 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 Yeah, yeah, Lennox
1: Lennox, I'm coming for you. is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this I in seven or eight? To train eight train seconds. For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't gonna fight, I dedicated this fight to him. I was gonna rip his heart out, I'm the best ever I'm the most brutal of Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been There's no one can stop me, Lynch is a conqueror, no, I'm Alexander, he's no Alexander I'm the best ever, there's never been anybody ruthless I'm Sonny Liston, I'm Jack Dempsey. there's no one like me, I'm from there, Claude. There's no one that can match me, my style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable And I'm just ferocious, I want your heart, I wanna eat his children, praise be to Allah